This is It's Never Just a Game. I'm Greg Pesci. And I'm NJ Pesci. And welcome back. Kill that music fast. Yeah. Just kill it fast. Uh, it was too much right there. Uh, we're doing this remote. Um, my brother Greg's out of town. Having a good time in the sunshine. Not such a bad time. Yeah, it's a little warmer here. It snowed again today. Jeez. I don't know if it's gone more than five or six days without some snow, which is great. They're in, you know, more than 200% of what the snowpack's supposed to be, which is good. We need that with a drought here. Yeah, as long as we don't flood. We, you pray for the moisture, then you get it. That's how that works <laughs> for the moisture. So the Super Bowl is set. So we're going to spend a little time talking about the Super Bowl and about uh, quarterbacks and how much it costs to have an elite quarterback in the Super Bowl. And, um, and then we're going to talk about uh, a um, Wall Street Journal article that says that uh, the bosses are back in charge. Yeah. So this is a lot of the stuff we've talked about for almost three years now, Greg, about yep. what happens when you are working for someone else. Doesn't happen yeah, every single time? No, but the, the worm has turned. Yeah, it's a different time. Now, there's also a question of in-flight objects over the United States of America. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Were you disturbed by that? Yeah. Um, yeah, what I didn't like about it was that it felt like maybe they were trying not to uh, tell us about it and that they uh, – and then when people saw it and the information came out um, – that's what, that bothered me. The other thing is just why would we allow that? Under any circumstances, why would we allow that? Yeah, the um, silly, silly thought that we would not know that there was a balloon flying over our country at 60,000 feet is insane. It is. Do you know what's in the air all the time, Greg? AWACS. AWACS. Oh, yeah, that's true. Okay. I had the good fortune or the strangest fortune – from, from a flying standpoint, the two weirdest things I've ever seen below the plane, uh, once I flew and I saw the Goodyear blimp. Really? Over Baltimore before a football game. And I don't know where I was heading to New York, I think. You were looking down on it? I was looking down on a blimp. That was weird, man. That is weird. Yeah. I was going to say it was private jet. Of course. Um, yeah. Again, a reason to have them. There's no reason not to have one, by the way. <laughs> but the other one, Greg, was coming back from Vegas to Salt Lake City. And I looked out the window, and below us was an AWACS. Extraordinarily close to us, by the way. With its yeah. disc on top, you know, rotating yeah. around. Oh, yeah. And, um, and I thought, well, you know, the only good part about that, if there's any plane in the air that actually knows where I am, it's that plane, Greg. That's right. They're not confused about where I am. Do you so, remember the first time you ever even heard about an AWACS? No, I don't think so. I do, because um, it was in the it was during the Reagan administration. I think it was during the first part, his first four years, because it was really early on, as a matter of fact, in his presidency when he said he, he wanted to give them to Saudi Arabia, and there was just a hue and cry about that. And what the heck it was? Then all of a sudden we started seeing all these pictures of these planes and it had this big disc on the top of it. And it was going around. I'm sure it's much more sophisticated now. It doesn't look that, more, more sophisticated. Right? What's happening inside might be, but it yeah. still looks like that. Same thing. huh? Like you got this flying saucer on top of the plane on a stick. And so a friend of mine who works with the uh, air force said to me, wow, I hope, I hope that you've had all of your children. 
I said, what? The kind of stuff they're the shooting radiation? up into the, the radiation <laughs> in the plane? That That's it. It's over. Um, so the fact that we would not know that that was flying over the country is a joke. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know what that's about. I'm not pleased about it. I have another question for you. Have you ever been to the state of Montana? Um, I have not. So I have been to the state of Montana. It is a wonderful state, and it's a big state. It is the big sky state. But um, I think that there are very few states in the Union and probably very few places on Earth where you could shoot down a balloon that's the size of three school buses and not hurt anybody. Yeah, that would be the spot. Especially in eastern Wyoming, excuse me, not Wyoming, eastern Montana. Uh, come on. Well, you, you're telling me you're worried about that? Give me a break. You let it go across the entire country. All the way to South Carolina and then off the shore of South Carolina yeah. when they shot it down, right? It did cross over a lot of our Air Force bases. Yeah. So not a good thing. Not happy about that. And not a, not a good no. thing. Uh, we did talk about open AI and chat GPT last week. Um, we did. A number of our listeners jumped on, signed up, and um, started having GPT write them a number of different things, um, like reports and maybe a talk you might have to give in church, <laughs> <laughs> that type of thing. But the funny part, Greg, is that we talked about it, and then, of course, right after we did, there was a uh, featured article in Forbes about it. Yep. So I know they're listening. They always are. They're and I'm glad they're listening because we're going to use some Forbes again today because the uh, quarterback stuff will come from Forbes. The other piece will come from the Wall Street Journal. The other thing is you uh, you sent me the, the tweet about Ford and Formula One. Yes. So uh, like like you said, the only thing that was going to suck me into this was somehow an American twist on Absolutely. it. Absolutely. And so now, supposedly, and you know, I don't understand what this all means, so you gotta, you got to give the overlay of reality since you spend your time with this. But they're saying the Ford name will be back on a Formula One car in 2026, four of them actually. The automaker is teaming up with Red Bull to yeah. develop the hybrid power unit. So they're developing the hybrid power unit that will be used in the company's 2026 entries. So that's so I guess you're going to see the name for, but it's not like they have their own team. They don't, right? Yeah, I think they're partnering with Red Bull. I don't know if that means Honda. I can't think that Honda is out or are they together. Honda engine with Ford hybrid. Well, they did say. Um, let me see if I can find that. There was something about Honda that I read here. Let's see if I can find it. Red Bull driver Max Verstappen is a two-time defending series champion. The team currently uses a power unit that was originally developed by Honda. Yeah. Yes. Yep. That's right. So does it mean it's replacing Honda or it's just... It sounds like... i got to see if I can find an explicit statement to that effect. I haven't seen that yet. So we don't Maybe. know if that's the case, but we do no, know we that don't. it will not be a Ford team that no. has a Ford car and a an american driver so um andretti michael is still trying to get that to happen um nello is telling me all that he's reading says he will not get it really yeah others are petition are petitioning as well to get in but he was saying that um I, I don't know i just the thought of the fact that they've added extra races in the u.s and they that netflix series has increased it i don't know they might do hmm. it but it's a very lucrative business, and anytime you add a team, then all of a sudden you are now splitting those. What what I didn't know, Aunt Jay, is that Ford was a Formula One engine supplier from sixty seven to two from nineteen sixty seven to two thousand four. Yeah, and they racked up one hundred and seventy four wins. 
along the way. And then it disappeared. Which, which is, well, it did disappear, but it says here, which is still third all time despite its extended absence. Yeah. I mean, the, the Ford Ferrari movie about committing with Ferrari, that was a big mm-hmm. deal. That was in that time period, maybe a little bit sooner than that. Um, and then I think what happened is that Ford focused on making the Ford Fiesta. Not and the Ford Focus. If you make the Ford Focus or the Ford Fiesta, you can't win any race, Greg. <laughs> you got guys pushing carts in a supermarket going faster than you can in a Ford Fiesta. So what? what's the thought there? Now, I don't know if you remember this. I had forgotten it. But five years ago, Ford decided something, right? Five years ago, Ford said, we will no longer in the U.S. make sedans. Sedans, yep. I mean, that's a huge risk. And it yeah, paid it off. It paid off for them. They're making SUVs and they're making trucks. And trucks, man. It's a truck company. How yeah. many years do you think the Ford F-150 has been the leading selling car in this country? Um, the leading selling truck? Or car, vehicle, vehicle. So it, it even beats the four, it even beats the, the Camry. Uh, I'm gonna have to take a look. At take a look because the Camry. I thought was no. Go ahead. So I just thought the Camry was the number one selling car forever in this yeah, country. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But Ford F one fifty, well one fifty, it has to be the number one selling truck for decades. Oh, for a long. I, I gotta be it's more than thirty years inch. So I I like the way it looks. We're not truck people, Greg, are we? Uh, no, I, I have nothing against them. I just never, you know, what they did, what that was great about it is they made them so nice now. They're so nice. Yeah. The, um, I, I am partial to the Chevy Silverado. Yeah. Well, you know, it's a nice, it's a nice truck too, but I did find this that. What'd you find? Uh, Ford F, the Ford F series, um, will su- surpass 640,000 trucks in 2022, making it America's best selling truck. Ready? Hold. Yep. Ready? Yep. For 46 oh my consecutive gosh. years. And listen to this. Oh, my gosh. Oh, and I'm not done, my brother. And America's best-selling vehicle for 41 years after selling an average of at least, um, let's see, yeah, let's see what can get there at, one F-Series truck every 49 seconds last year. Holy cow. So it, it is it is outselling the Camry. Yeah, apparently. It's, it, they just said best-selling America's best-selling vehicle for 41 years. Now, I don't. When they say America, does that mean American-made? I don't know. I have to look at that. Well, that's interesting. Point. Yeah, yeah. Well, certainly yeah. from a truck standpoint, no one's touching them. Nope. No. So it's insanity. Yeah, we do live in Utah. I did live in Tennessee, and those are uh, truck. It's truckland states, and here I think it's more than Tennessee, even. Um, yeah. So, monster trucks here. I don't know how you park them. I don't know how you get into any parking stall with them. You're sticking out a long way with those trucks. Um, I find that hard, too, because when you park next to one and then you want to back out. You can't see. You can't see. No. You're supposed to have a camera. If you're at the airport, if you're at the airport in Salt Lake City, three out of every three and a half vehicles is a truck. Yeah. And and when you, 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 so you have one on both sides, you can't see anything. No. People are going to say, be a man and get a real car. No, I was going to say, why why are you ever parking at the airport, man? Well, why am I parking at the airport? I don't ever park at the airport. (laughs) No, I'm. I don't. Let me just be honest. Okay, about man. This. I don't. I park. don't. Par- I don't park in long-term parking. I don't park anywhere in the airport. I'm taken to the airport and I'm picked up at the airport. That's how it works. That's <laughs> how it works. Not done that. that is not. I'm not. Not parking at the airport. What's that about? 
taking a bus out by the we got I'm, not, I'm, I'm, not doing, I'm doing planes trains and automobiles no got to build got to build it into the system there's certain, not, I'm not doing that no there are certain things we don't do Greg and that's one of them yeah no it, it, certain challenges associated it's just not good for me no you can't do it so the so that's uh that's interesting right now so Ford gets back on there they'll be on somebody's car if it's Red Bull they picked a great car to work with Red Bull's been winning yep. so Red Bull Mercedes and then everyone else fights for third place so right. so we had the uh, playoffs last week, and the Bengals, uh, we thought they'd pull it off, but they didn't. And uh, lots of conspiracy theorists saying that the yeah. Bengals were not going to win that game no matter what. The Kansas City had to win the game because they're going to go play in the State Farm Stadium in Arizona, which, of course, works for Patrick Mahomes. Oh. Yeah, they're major, major conversation about these things, but it's not true. I mean, no. nobody made that guy hit Patrick Mahomes three feet out of bounds to get a 15-yard penalty to move him from a 60-yard field goal to a 45-yard field goal. Yep. That's it. Unfortunately, Brock Purdy got hurt for San Francisco yeah. 49ers, and so they, they got uh, manhandled by the Eagles. So it's the uh, – right now it's the Kansas City Chiefs against the Philadelphia Eagles for the Super Bowl a week from today. And that um, – I have uh, little interest in either team, Greg. Yeah. I mean – it'll be a good game, but it's uh, not something. Those aren't two teams that I'm hooked into. No. So here's some things. I mentioned the fact that um, <clears throat> the question is the only thing better. No, the question. This is what Forbes article said on sports and money. It said the only thing better than an elite quarterback is an inexpensive elite quarterback. <laughs> I, I was su- really surprised by this, Greg. That three of the four teams last week qualified as having elite quarterbacks or who are playing at an elite level but not being paid that way. Really? Uh, they'll say this. Franchise fortunes rise and fall on the quality of their signal caller. For the handful of truly transcendent slingers, teams have proven there is no price they won't pay. That's why the top ten of Forbes' highest paid NFL players are all quarterbacks. Yet, in this AFC and NFC Championship game this year, the only thing more valuable than a league quarterback is an inexpensive one. Three of the four that will take that took the field on Sunday that had a shot at the Super Bowl are starting quarterbacks earning a fraction of the NFL's typical quarterback salary. So, You're telling me Mahomes is making a fraction? So they said three of the four. Okay, sorry. So here it is. Um, right now, Joe Burrow, Cincinnati Bengals quarterback, Joe Burrow, who went and lost in the Super Bowl last year and cost my sons lots of money to watch him play in California and lose. Joe Burrow gets paid $3.9 million. That's what he gets paid, Greg. Is he in, what, what, how many years is he into his uh, This might be his third or fourth. Okay. So his first year, I think. Contract, first contract. Yeah. Philadelphia Eagles, Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts now in the Super Bowl. What do you think he's getting paid, Greg? Uh, um, I shudder to think what they're paying him now. One point two. Less than that. One point two million dollars. Oh my gosh! You got to be kidding me. One point two. This is why they want a lot of results quickly. Jalen Hurts gets one point two, and then of course Brock Purdy, who was the last person taken in the draft last year, given the moniker Mister Irrelevant. Irrelevant. What do you think he gets paid, Greg? Uh, I'm going to say he's getting paid um, $950,000. $782,000. Oh, my gosh. $782,000. So Joe Burrow, 3.9. J. 
Jalen Hurts, 1.2. Brock Purdy, $782,000. Patrick Mahomes, $29.5 million. $29.5, Greg. Yeah, he deserves it, though. These guys, by the way, he's the only one of the four who's earning more than the league median for starting quarterbacks. What do you think the lead median is for starting quarterbacks in the NFL? I'm going to say I'm going to say 18. It's lower. 12. 12.8. Mm. 12.8 is the median, Greg. So you wow. you're you're here, I mean, you know, you're here in the Super Bowl at 1.2, almost there at 3.9 and $782,000 and you're way off. So Jalen Hurts going to make a lot of money. Yeah. Next year. Hopefully he's got, and, and hopefully he's got, uh, you know, some some bonuses that might be able to be reached. I'm, through. I'm sure. So Joe Burrow will make a lot of money on the next contract as well. And yep. who knows about Brock Purdy since he got hurt and what will happen to him. So it's interesting because, of course, they have Trey Lance, who they yep. picked, I think, with the third pick overall. I think so. so. Um, relatively inexpensive starting quarterbacks making it this far is more the rule, Greg, rather than the statistical anomaly. Of the 23 quarterbacks to start in a conference championship game in the past 10 years, 13 had contracts under $6 million. Wow. All all but three of those were paid less than $3 million in the given season. That's amazing. That is amazing. And you got these guys making $50 million now, Greg. Crazy yes. numbers. Twenty five not that's not fifty, but twenty five, twenty nine, thirty million dollars. I don't know what what's Rogers getting paid. What's Aaron Rodgers getting paid? I mean I, I thought it was like a fifty million dollar thing. Wasn't it? I think I think it might be actually. I thought it was fifty million dollars. Aaron Rodgers contract. Rogers has a five hundred no, he has a fifty nine million dollar contract. Contract is guaranteed if he plays in 2023. He gets $59,465,000 if he plays in 2023. Yep. He's got a three-year yeah. three deal. Sorry, go ahead. A three-year $150 million deal. He's getting paid $50 million a year, basically. Angie, that's guaranteed money. That's unbelievable amount of money. That's just a ridiculous amount. So these guys are getting paid $59 million to watch the world's, I mean, to watch the, the Super Bowl. And, and and Jalen Hurts is going to get one point. Jalen Hurts gets fifty times less than that. You know, I I really um, again I don't have strong feelings about the game, but when you look at Jalen Hurts' story and what he did and what happened to him in the national championship game and how he came back the next year and did what he did and went, I hope that kid makes so much he's freaking gonna, money. He's going to get paid, and good for him. He seems yes. like a, he seems like a very nice kid. He seems like an excellent person, like a nice kid. So. And, and Patrick Mahomes, you just can't blame the guy because he's really good, and people say, I hate people winning all the time. No, I, I love him. Yeah. I, I think mean, he's great. He's just so much fun to watch. The funny part, you know, Brady retired. Tom Brady yep. retired. The funny part about it is in the middle of it, you hated Brady. Then at the end of it, everyone loves Brady. Right. And Mahomes is going to go through the same thing where he wins and wins and people dislike him. Well, but people are bitter and sad because their lives are Always, <laughs> always, man, always, you know. If I can't get mine, you can't have yeah, yours. You have to suffer. That's how it high. is. I, I, people aren't happy. You know? But you know, uh, oh. uh, speaking of this Just, Super Bowl, come on, Johnny. You got uh, two African American quarterbacks. Yeah, first time ever. First time ever. And I read a piece the other day where Doug Williams, if you remember, he won. It was the first African American quarterback to win the Super Bowl, I believe. And I believe it was in '88, right? January of '88. Yeah. 
and uh, he said something to the effect that the fact that the two of them will be playing each other in this game is is up there with importance with the election of President Obama. Interesting. He actually said that. Interesting. I do know that when he was being interviewed during the Super Super Bowl week and during uh, whatever media day, someone said to him, have you always been a black quarterback? What does that mean? He just started laughing. I uh, would have too. They meant to say, did you play other positions? Oh, jeez. But, but it was just so stupid. I was like, I think I have been, yeah. I think I've always been black <laughs> and a quarterback. Uh, uh, it's just unbelievable. Yeah, I feel sorry for the guy. I got nervous. He was. So, so that's coming. It's big. And then we're all done. Then there's no football. Everyone goes into mourning. Uh, pitchers and catchers report in the next uh, 12 days, I think, Greg. Uh, actually, I think the Yankees, is, it's a week from tomorrow, isn't it? Is, is that what it is? Yeah, it's either. Uh, let's look. I thought it was the 17th, but maybe. I thought, I thought Hoke put something out today saying. Um, the way you look at it, we're looking at games here, Greg. We need to go down to Arizona and watch a game. Let's do it. I've Just, done that before, and I liked it. Our team, of course, does not come west. Our team stays down in Tampa. So we'll have to watch maybe someone else we know. I don't know if the Reds are playing out here or somebody else we could go see that we know. That'd yeah, I guess fun. I'm wrong. I thought it was uh, like the 17th, but um, okay. But who knows? It's it, baseball. The baseball season will begin shortly. Spring training starts in the next two weeks sometime. Pitchers and catchers, and then rest of the guys, I think, on the 17th. Maybe they go on the 12th for pitchers and catchers a week from tomorrow or Tuesday. Anyway, look at it. It's going to start. Yankees are uh, – I sat there, Greg, and I watched all 62 of Judge's home runs again yesterday. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was a good 29 minutes, and I watched it all. So Brian Hoke posted on Twitter. Hold on. Brian Hoke, who covers the Yankees in Major League Baseball and has been on our show. Yes, he is. Has, excuse me. He posted on Twitter 58 minutes ago the number eight, your special number, days until pitchers and catchers. So pitchers awesome. and catchers, I think, and then I think maybe the rest of them are like the 17th or something. I don't know. Yeah. It's two weeks. Everyone's there. It's all good. And it's a very long season, Greg. It is very long. It's a long time to be grinding it out. Starting baseball in the middle of February and playing baseball to the middle of November. Well, yeah, we want to be playing until November, don't we? That's a long time, man. Okay, so we got that going on. We talked about it is balloon, which is what they used to yell at the beginning of F Troop. I mean, we haven't seen a balloon get lost like this since the Wizard of Oz, Greg. I mean, <laughs> this isn't Kansas anymore. No, seen, it's not, Toto. We haven't seen a balloon this far, of course, since since uh, the Wizard of Oz. I, what I enjoy the most, though, I mean, I shouldn't say I enjoy it, but what's at some level somewhat entertaining is that um, I, I don't think that there's ever been anything said by the Chinese Communist Party that's actually 100% truthful. And so it's kind of fun to try to think of what they're going to say about this. Yeah, and, yeah. and to somehow they're explain mad, how right? it's our yeah. fault and this was nothing. And, and I mean, what, what would it be like to just to be able to lie every time your lips moved? They're mad, Greg. Yeah, you I'm said really we're going to take some type of retaliation. Not going to yeah, say I, what it is. It won't be specific, yeah. but we're not, we're going to yeah. send up another balloon. Yeah, knock yourselves out, guys. Okay, really so scared. that was the that was the sports portion. Now we're going to talk about business and specifically the fact that there was an article in the Wall Street Journal last week that um, I thought was very interesting, Greg, based on everything we've been talking about and and what the market looked like for people. Uh, COVID and jobs and what you had to do to find people and keep people. 
The Wall Street Journal article says, the bosses are back in charge. CEOs are reasserting their authority now that workers are starting to worry about job security amid rising layoffs. Yep. This whole concept of working from anywhere went too far. That's a quote. This whole concept of working from anywhere went too far. I think it's, I think it's the kind of thing where, um, where new things can uh, get taken too far. I, I agree with that. The general notion, though, I, I like this, though, Ange. The general notion that you had to sit in a chair 40 to 50 hours a week in one room, I, it's dead, Edge. Absolutely. I don't care who's Absolutely. in charge anymore. It's yep. dead. Yep. And, and good. It should be dead. It was stupid. Yep. But then this other idea that I can go wherever I want, be wherever I want. I can just log in, and I don't need to be with a team. And, and after all, you need to keep me happy because I can get a job wherever I want. That's dead, too, now. And so we're going to swing back a little bit. It is. I, I'm looking on my shelf for this book. Uh, I can't find it, but it's a book. I think McAllister keeps coming to mind. He's a Brit. He took Dante. I'm sorry. He took um, he took Machiavelli's The Prince, and he uh-huh. translated it into modern-day business English. Uh-huh. And he said, loyalty is an attribute best found in a dog. <laughs> That was the best line of all. Loyalty is an attribute best found in a dog because men and women, people, will change their loyalties as it best suits them. They're loyal to a cause, to a person, until that person or cause changes or doesn't benefit them to the place, to the point they expect it to. What's troubling about this uh, title and then what ran underneath it, Greg, is CEOs are reasserting their authority now that workers are starting to worry about job security. So yep. previously they said, okay, we'll do anything we want for you, anything you need. Well, well you can work from home. You can, we'll bring you lunches. We'll make sure we have beer night on Friday. Whatever it is, to make sure you, you're, we love you. And now all of a sudden, when they don't have that pressure on them, they won't behave the same way. No. And, and that's disgusting, Greg. Here's what it says. Many executives say they are no longer scrambling to retain workers. After several years of doing whatever it took to keep people on staff, pay increases are slowing. For some some jobs, hiring is getting easier. Executives are seizing on this moment to streamline operations or cut projects, shedding staff until, because they, they can't afford, because recently they couldn't afford to do that. Now they can. Right. So this is it. Whatever they need. Things are bad, they'll give you what you want. Things are good, they'll they'll take it. It's a long time ago, we were in our entrepreneur class at uh, in graduate school. And um, one of the entrepreneur founders at the BYU school there, so we had to interview these founders. And they spent a lot of money, put a lot of money into the school. And part of that was us to put their stories out and make them, um, put them up on the wall. And there's a picture, there's a picture of Greg Pesci and all the stuff that he had done, for example. And um, one of them said, you know what a banker is? A banker is um, someone who gives you a, who gives you an umbrella when it's not raining and takes it away from you as soon as it starts raining. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he said, Greg. And this is what's happening. A wave of yeah. corporate layoffs that began in technology is now flowing through other industries. In recent weeks, employers as varied as toy makers, Hasbro, chemical giants, Dow, PayPal, they all announced job cuts. Yeah, they're a massive number across multiple sectors now. It's not just tech anymore, Edge. Google, Wall Street firms like Goldman, FedEx, yep. and Rivian Automotive, they're all making cuts. Yep. And here's the, here's the size of it, Greg. 
I'm looking at this chart right here from the Wall Street Journal, and maybe in 2021, technology had maybe 10,000 job cuts. It's in excess of 90,000 in this yeah. in 2022. In 2021, if you're an automotive, you might have lost 6,000 jobs. Now it's somewhere around 35,000. Healthcare cut more in 2021, probably cut around 30, and now it's around 28,000. The financial institutions in 2021 maybe cut somewhere around 8,000. Now it's somewhere around 20. And services is actually cutting less now, probably cut 15 or 25, and now it's down to somewhere around 20. It's a bad cocktail, though, because you have job cuts coming together at a time of higher inflation, at a time when people are, as you just mentioned, slowing increases in pay. That is not a good mix. It's not a good mix. Here's what um, <clears throat> Tim Ryan, U.S. Chair and Senior Partner at PricewaterhouseCoopers, LLP, had to say. Quote, there is a segment of CEOs who are like, all right, I got the power back. Yeah. That's just terrible. But there was a segment of employees who said, all yep. right, yep, we can do whatever yep. we want. And, it, you know, it, and the pox, I mean, the, the heck with both of them. Yes, absolutely. So here's what we got, Greg. Um, in recent years, the, the balance of power, as you just mentioned, the balance of power in the labor market shifted towards workers. And that was they had to be as aggressive as they possibly could have been to get someone to come. Signing bonuses, work from home, whatever it was, they had to say. Total- and then they would leave you to go get somebody else to, to, to go work for yes. someone else would be even more. Yes, they would. Um, and so then as layoffs occur, some employees might be more accommodating to the needs of the companies, said Christian Ulbrich, or Ulbrich. Christian Ulbrich, CEO of the real estate company Jones Lang LaSalle. Mm. Huge. They're huge, Greg. Yeah. This whole concept of working from anywhere went too far, Ulbrich said. I'm all into flexibility and all supportive that that work and life has to find a flexible kind of partnership. But that doesn't translate into Mondays and Fridays, I always work from home. Yep. So here's what the dude said, basically. I'm all in on the flexibility, whatever you want. You're not working from home Mondays and Fridays every time. <laughs> anymore. <laughs> That's over. I'm all into the flexibility and understanding. This is happening. This is happening because this is what happens. And people overhired during certain parts. And we know that the mergers and acquisition per people right now, have, there's like no, no deals are happening. Right? Nothing's no up. deals. Money's expensive. Yep. Nothing to do. They're not investing. They're and, and firing you know people. I, I was having a discussion with, uh, with some people at a VC firm last week and they were trying to be real careful talking about, you know, sometimes they do some of these deals on leverage edge, you know, quite a bit of it. And uh, with interest rates continuing to go up and they're going to go up again now because we had the good news of a great job report for Pete's sake. How counterintuitive is that? I guess at some level, but they're, they were just talking about how much more the servicing of their debt has been. And as a consequence of that, they're trying to cut more people at portfolio companies because they're, it's so expensive now to service their debt. It's, yeah. it's a bad yes. time. Now, Meta Platforms Chief Executive Officer, once known as Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg declared 2023 the year of efficiency. Yeah. The year of efficiency. Yeah. What, what, what does that, that mean? That euphemism? After announcing 11,000 layoffs in November. That's mm-hmm. efficiency, man. 
Now, I don't know. I, I don't know who's in charge of that stuff. How do you not know what's happening? You have margins. You're responsible. You're accountable to boards. How do you end up overhiring like that? Or did you just slow down to the point where you can't afford to keep people? At some level, as long as they could keep get, getting money in, in the public markets, they didn't care. Just keep burning it. What is the month, Greg, that is usually the peak month for layoffs? It's January. January. It's January. No one wants to do it before the end of the year. Right. Sometimes it's because it's the fiscal for some people. Most people finish a fiscal year at the end of a calendar year. Nobody wants to do it before the holidays. So the people write it out. And you come back in January and they say, see ya. See ya. See ya. Musical chairs, man. We've taken your chair. Now, those who are left, sharpen the elbows, get them up, and get ready so that they don't take your chair. You just whack someone next to you. Yes. And all I hear in my mind are the words, play your game. You are trading subjugation in return for safety. And Ooh, it's, a, it's a false safety. Yep. So here's the, the last of what it says here. Some of the rise in job country reflects an end to dramatic growth driven by the pandemic and lockdowns. And a long run of interest rates kept low to support the economy. As homeowners refinanced and companies built out remote work capabilities, e-commerce drove shipping volumes and stock brokerages boomed. Wow. And that's well, what happened, man. And this is the boomerang. At the same time, when low interest rates made technology investment cheaper, companies navigated the tight labor market in part with charges that left them able to operate with a small workforce. Their contraction now is largely a sign of post-pandemic rebalancing and renormalization in the economy. Yeah. How do you explain it to somebody? I'm sorry, you lost your job for renormalization. Yeah. Because it used to be downsizing. Yeah, right-sizing. Right-sizing, all of that stuff. Um, so job cuts can also serve as a signal to Wall Street that executives are focused on financial discipline. How could they not have been previously? You have the same money was so cheap. Right, that's what it was. So anyway, consumers are anxious. Interest rates keep going up. The Chinese are flying <laughs> are flying balloons over our country. Uh, you know, so it is balloon. How, how did you like the former president saying that never happened on my yeah. watch? No, I believe that the Biden administration claims that it happened three times. Yeah, but, but the Biden administration leader uh, who, who mentioned that they have walked it back a little bit, but not completely, because what they said was. Um, they now acknowledge, the Biden administration now acknowledges that um, the people in the Trump administration did not know about it. It was not, it actually did happen during on their watch, but they weren't aware of it until after. How, how does that happen? That's the, I don't know, but that's the latest thing. Maybe okay, two hours so ago it, that came out. It moved from, it happened three times to, uh, to they didn't know that it happened. And yeah, it happened still, they're saying. They're but, saying. They, yeah, the, the Biden administration saying it still it did actually still did happen during the Trump administration, but the Trump administration and the people no, are I'm, not aware I'm, of it. I'm understanding what you're telling me. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm understanding you. I'm trying to understand okay. how that happened, Greg. I don't know. How, how did that they happened. know after it happened, but they didn't know while it was happening? I, I, you know, you worked at the NSA. You'd know I'd have to kill you to tell you. I that. would have to kill you. That's true. Uh, <laughs> anyway, you look at it. It's a bad thing. Uh, I don't. It's a crazy time. Uh, it really is. Just re it just really, the interest rates keep going up. Inflation. I, I mean, have you purchased any eggs recently, Greg? Yes. It's like it's eight. Insane. It's like $8 a dozen. <laughs> no, it's insane. For eggs, man. That's amazing. Yeah. So you check that box and you make sure no egg is broken. <laughs> we leave no egg behind. 
You can't take that kind of risk. Eight dollars for a dozen eggs there. That's way too much money. So, okay, well, we joke about that, but I forget, I don't know what the number is right now, but I'm sure it's a huge number being spent on Super Bowl commercials. Yes. So let's let's uh, see the Super Bowl next week. Let's talk about what we think the best commercials were. We'll do some research on how much it's costing to do a Super Bowl commercial. I still think the greatest one I've ever seen of all time was an E-Trade commercial, Greg, where they had two people or three people sitting in what looked like a small a small garage made of some type of uh, aluminum siding type thing. They were sitting in the green and white chairs. They looked like they may have had some familiar problems with their generations. And they were there, and they were challenged in many ways, and they were wearing overalls, and they <laughs> sat there looking completely, completely unaware of what was happening around them, and a chimpanzee danced past them. Oh, my gosh. And the commercial said something like, <laughs> uh, what are you doing? How are you investing? You're, we just spent $700 million on this commercial. What are you doing with your money? E-Trade. Maybe, I'll have to find it. It was my favorite one of all time. Outside of when the little kids for E-Trade were talking about how they, they used all the phrases from management stuff. I want to be a yes man. I want to be a yes girl. I want to be a yes man. <laughs> and the kid goes, I want to claw my way to middle management. Oh, my gosh. That's the best, man. And all that's in some service for somebody else as you make someone else wealthy. Well, I do have a couple of stats for yeah. you on yes. this. The average cost of a 30-second Super Bowl TV commercial in the United States. This year? No. Okay. Between tw- I have the numbers between 2002 and 2022. Okay. So for the past 20 years. Yep. And so in 2002, it was $2.2 million. For 30 seconds. For 30 seconds. And it and uh, and it went up. This is interesting. You can see what's happening in the, in the marketplace. It goes up. It stayed at two point two for the next year. Then it kept going up until we got to two thousand seven, when the world started getting crazy again. It actually dropped from two point five to two point three eight, and then it started its march up again, and it hit three three million in, in two thousand nine, and then it dropped down a teeny bit in in two thousand ten again to two two point nine five, and then it's a steady steady straight run up to two thousand twenty. 5.6 million. So wow. 2.2 million wow. in 2002, 5.6 million in, in, in 2020. Oh my gosh. And then it dropped off because, you know, we had a little, little rough time there as well because of the pandemic. It dropped off to 5.5, just barely dropped Unbelievable. off. Unbelievable. In, in 2021. And in 2022, shot up to 6.5. Oh my so gosh. In, so in, in, in 20 years, it, it just about tripled. That's amazing. That's yep. that's a ridiculous amount of money to spend. Uh, that, I think that's what the trade guy said. We we just spent two point two. How are you investing your money? That was the best ever. <laughs> All right, man. Amazing. So it's Super Bowl Sunday. Sounds great. This is it's never just a game. I'm Greg Pesci and I'm NJ Pesci, and we'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>